As Hong Kong's Indian community has been growing and evolving, we've seen all kinds of different Indians come into the SAR from all parts of India, and in all different professions too. Today on Yantoyan, we'll go away from the traditionally known Northern Indian communities to explore who else is coming into Hong Kong, where from, and what's on offer for them. Yantoyan, as we know, means Indian, but the word has become synonymous with a web portal based here in Hong Kong targeted towards the Indian community. I had a chance to speak with its co-founder, Kanan Asher, who clarified why she chose this particular word to name her portal. Actually, it's pronounced Yantoyan in Cantonese, which basically means Indian. Um, if, you brief, if you just ask your Chinese colleague or someone around... How do you say Indian in Cantonese? They will definitely tell you it's Yan Do Yan. So with a little bit more of a D sound, whereas we Indians, we say we pronounce it with the T sound. So which is why we called it Yan Do Yan. And we were, you know, me and my partner, who's now my fiance as well, um, when we were brainstorming as well for names, we were thinking, what do we call it? Should we call it, you know, Indians in Hong Kong or, you know, something very basic or generic. And uh, we thought to ourselves, you know, why you know, make it so boring. Well, let's have it some, let's keep it something different as well, where the readers, you know, can enjoy it. And then they know they have a connect. Oh, yan to yan, you know, and then they like laugh to themselves and they feel happy about it as well. Because it sounds more interesting. It sounds more interesting. It has, um, you know, I mean, because it sounds so similar to Indian, it has, you know, it's a little, it has a twist to it, I would say. <laughs> Actually, I was in India for quite some time and I studied there. I um, stayed back because I love the city so much. I was in Mumbai and uh, Bombay, which I still call. And um, I really wanted to, you know, um, I, I was looking for something where I could find information for Indians in Hong Kong. And uh, despite, you know, I've, I've been seeing so many expat Indians coming in the city and there was absolutely nothing. I mean, you have expat portals, but... Um, Specifically for the Indian and the expat Indian community, there was nothing. I mean, you have everything divided, four groups. Uh, you have something for your Sindhis. You have something which very local, local localized communities um, like your Gujaratis, which I didn't want. I wanted because when I moved back, you know, when I was sorry, when I was in India as well, I noticed that it, there was so much of harmony. Everyone was mixing with each other. It wasn't 
I mean, whereas when I was here, I, I saw there's a lot of groupism, you know, amongst the Indians as well. You know, you have community groups uh, sticking to themselves and which kind of baffled me, you know, and... So can you explain that a little bit for our listeners? Because, you know, while we are accustomed to the fact that the Indians have been here in Hong Kong for a very long time, we tend to think of the Indians at large as the Sindhi community. Absolutely. Right. So so where is the disconnect there? The Sindhi community has been here for a very, very long time. But at the same time, you have a large number of Gujaratis and Marwaris who have been moving and I think the number is slowly, slowly overtaking the Sindhi. Is that right? Yes. Since the, when? I would say since the last 10 to 15 years. Wow. Yeah. There are a large number. And then since the last five to eight years, you have a large number of expat Indians. Now, these are your bankers, HR professionals, um, lawyers, people working in media firms. They're coming in as well with their families, with their wives, with their children. And they're coming from all over as well. So you have, it's getting more diverse as well. Um, earlier, I guess, you know, a lot of people stuck to their group, you know, their community group was because, you know, when they moved in from India or Pakistan, wherever they migrated from, you know, they're like, oh, we're moving into a new country. Let's just, um, you know, stick to our group because that's how it's, you know, supposed to be because we're moving in. We don't know anything. That's how you hold on to your identity. Exactly. So you but, think. <laughs> yes. And... I feel that is slowly changing now. People are mixing about a little bit more. But at the same time, they still want to, there are groups who are still holding on, you know, to their, to their community. They still want to, you know, keep that, that the cultural, um, the cultural roots in place as well. So, so you felt that by putting together a media organization that really brought the community together, um, you'd help sort of create this change, create this shift? We just wanted one portal with information for everybody where you don't have, it, you know, where there's no division. For example, there's no, um, there's no one information only about one group. So if you have that one portal, which is updated on a regular basis, and which has information for everybody, we thought that, you know, maybe people are going to be slightly united in some way or the other, because that's what we wanted. We just wanted that one source, one portal, where, which has everything for Indians, you know, for expat Indians, even for non-Indians who like all things Indian as well. <laughs> I hear your name or when I think of you, I think of you as Yanto Yan. Yeah. <laughs> I get that a lot. Like so, like people are like, oh yeah, that girl, uh, the Yanto Yan girl. She's, and, she's the yeah. Ms. I, 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 I don't know if Miss is appropriate anymore, but uh, <laughs> um, how do you feel 
about that. How do you feel about this shift in sort of your personal brand, if you will? Yeah. Uh, you know, I've always been the kind of person who puts the brand before myself. I believe my brand should speak for what I do, the kind of work I'm doing as well. So every time, I mean, uh, people refer to me as like, you know, um, you know, she's the one, she's the one. I'm like, yeah, you know, I am. It's great. Thank you so much. But, you know, this is the brand and I'm a different person. <laughs> I'm I'm not the Yantaryan girl. I'm not. I am Khan and Asher and I am like the co-founder as well. And um, yeah, that's it just keep that in mind that it's not uh, I don't want to be stereotyped for no reason as well. That's that's interesting. So why do you distinctly want to keep a separate uh, persona, if you will, for many, many people, successful people, right? They really identify with the brand Absolutely. that they created. So they, they become part of it. Absolutely. But it sounds like, you know, you're, you're consciously trying to maybe not do that. Yeah, you're actually quite right. Um, I think it's because, um, like I said, you know, I feel when, when there's a brand as well, the brand should speak for itself. Um, Yantoyan, the kind of work we're doing, the kind of effort we're putting in, we want people to know Hong Kong Yantoyan the way it is. Of course, it'd be nice to um, have a little bit of, uh, you know, people appreciating what my partner and I are doing as well. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think it's the brand first, always, which is something I've been following for, for years as well. And are you both very actively involved? I mean, I know you're running it. Yeah. Uh, but is your partner also actively involved at this point? Um, at the moment, kind of. <laughs> he's, uh, I mean, he has a day job. And uh, so he's normally, he's usually busy with that. But um, yeah, I'm actually pretty much, you can say, running the whole show right now as well. And I remember a while ago uh, when I was chatting with you, you said, uh, one thing that I don't want is I don't want to be called the Indian sassy. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Explain that. I mean, sassy is, has become such a huge name absolutely. in Hong Kong. I mean, absolutely. There's, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, why don't you want to be the Indian sassy? Because, um, you know, they're, they're different. They're doing an absolutely great job. I mean, they've come such a long way, you know, and uh, they're, they're targeting females, firstly. And uh, they're targeting a large number of people, you know, expats, non-expats, everybody in Hong Kong, all, I guess, all ladies in Hong Kong. We're just targeting a very niche community altogether. The numbers are small, uh, though we're getting a lot of, I mean, we're getting a great response from non-Indians, but I've always said that we're much more niche than them. So I think that's, there's a big difference to it. Um, of course, I mean, uh, the kind of... Uh, uh, the, the the way we pr present our content as well. There are a lot of people who find it very similar. That's why they term us as the Indian sassy as well. Mm. But I always say to uh, you know them that it is still different because at the end of it, we kind of cater to what an average Indian person in Hong Kong would want to read about as well. Yeah. Yes, I completely accept that. Um, but in terms of numbers and in terms of being niche, you mm -hmm. know, while, while I sort of get that, as well right now. I mean, you got to remember, however, that you're catering to the largest community in the world. Okay, granted, I'm, the, the Indians in Hong Kong, uh, <laughs> numbers are not as big as the Indians in India. But as you yourself said, 
you know, they're coming in by the droves. It's no longer it's just the Sindhi community, right? Absolutely insane. You're right. Yeah. 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 Um, all sorts of careers, professions, shapes, mm-hmm. sizes, communities, they're all coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, do you foresee a point at some stage where you will no longer be niche because you can't afford to be niche? You'll be way mainstream. I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. I mean, uh, I, I really hope that day comes that... Um, that they are growing and they're growing and they're growing. I mean, um, as far as I know, currently, there's still quite niche community altogether in Hong Kong. And sort of from the day you began yeah. to now, a year and a half later, what would you say has changed? I know you had various ideas for content, yeah, but some of it didn't work. Yeah. And other things worked. Absolutely. Right? So what is it that gets the Indian juices flowing? Most of the people, most of our readers, um, like they want to know about more Indian events which are happening, which are not that large scale in Hong Kong. Um, the the sad the sad part is when you have a concert, when you have um, you know a show in Hong Kong, they, you will always notice they're like empty seats. So the biggest problem is because of course you know the price point or something or the other. A lot of times people want to know what's happening with the, you know, which um, Indian celebrity is coming to perform or uh, which, um, you know, singer is coming um, to do a live show or which Indian DJ is coming down as well. So I think what's been really working are, you know, Indian um, related events as well. And that only they, they don't only appeal to the Indians per se. They, you know, a lot of non-Indians want to know. I mean, if there's an Indian party... Like uh, we worked with this nightclub called Play. We did this event with them, which was um, Bollywood theme party. And it was a holy glow event. It was an indoor nightclub event where people were throwing glow in the dark powder at each other. And it was it was such a successful event because you had Indians, non-Indians, like Koreans, Chinese, Japanese, um, you know, Americans, British people, everybody throwing color at each other. So it was just, I mean, it was such a amazing sight to see and you had an Indian DJ um, playing uh, you know the best spinning the best Bollywood tracks and everyone having such a good time so you know um, I, I I just feel there's so much our culture can offer and everyone loves it I mean in terms of the food the festivals you know there's celebration all the time and it's awesome it's it's really nice to have more people you know from different walks of life be a part of it what about the sort of the hard stuff that comes out of India, the news, the financial news, the politics, the, all of that? Uh, are people interested in that or not so much? Do they go to the Indian media for that? I think, you know, we noticed we worked on that initially when we started. Um, we worked on that quite a bit. But because we were lifestyle, people were, you know, they wanted more of like the go- like the juicy scoop on the Bollywood movie reviews and, uh, you know, the fun stuff. And which is why we, it was a trial and error initially for us, but we had to kind of um, uh, get that out of the picture because we realized most of the people were going on you know, Times of India or Hindustan Times or DNA for that. I mean, their websites as well because it had all the information. I mean, on the Twitter page as well, everything's updated by the, by the second as well. So, yeah. So, Kanan, where would you like to take HK Yantoyan? Um, I haven't really thought of that. Um, I think as of now, we probably would love to have the same concept because a lot of people, um, a lot of my friends overseas have been telling me that, you know, it's amazing that this concept is not even there in a lot of other cities around the world. 
because there is no portal. I mean, there will be websites, but they're not going to be updated like this on an every single daily basis, basically. So they're telling me that why don't you bring it to our cities, you know. So hopefully... You can roll it out. Yeah, yeah. Pan, pan Asia, um, you know, all over UK or somewhere or the other. Out somewhere or the other. Vaishnavi Jaikumar represents Hong Kong's South Indian community. Although she never grew up in Tamil Nadu herself, she was exposed to the deep roots of her culture while growing up in Singapore. Hong Kong, she says, was a natural fit. She came here to work for Google after having worked with Disney in California to develop a series of projects for Hong Kong Disneyland. I had already been doing a number of business trips to Hong Kong um, as part of my as part of my job uh, with the different parks. So I really liked the city. You know, it felt it felt like it felt like it could be home. Like it felt a lot like Singapore in some ways, very different in other ways. So I decided um, when the opportunity came up in Hong Kong and it was a regional role, I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind living in Hong Kong for a while. And initially I thought I would just be here for like, you know, maybe two years and maybe go do something else. But now, now I really like it. But that's such a prized position in itself, right? To work at Google and then Google Hong Kong, which is um, probably much harder to work at than I, I, I'm imagining. Is, is that even accurate than Google elsewhere or Google California? Oh, I mean, I don't know that it's more difficult. Um, it's a great office. We just moved to a new space in um, October. Um, we've got an amazing office and it's it's really the, lots of really fun people. It is much smaller, which I actually like. I prefer it to be a little smaller. We've, you know, it, because it's so small, I know everyone's names. Everyone's on a first name basis. It's, it's not very anonymous. Um, you know, you can have lunch at the communal tables with people and get to know one another. And I really like that, especially being new to Hong Kong. I and mean, I didn't know anyone here like that was really nice to have what's amazing about the office or about working at google 
Oh gosh, um, so much! It's an amazing company. I I've been really lucky to work with such creative companies. The thing I, I really like about Google is that you know it's an incredibly large corporation. Now I think we've I think at the last count there was something like forty thousand, fifty thousand employees. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it's massive. But but you don't really feel that um, you know when you're working at your job, you really feel like you're still part of a scrappy startup, and that you still get to do you know you still don't have those levels of hierarchy. You don't have to worry about you know too many levels of bureaucracy or red tape. It's a very conscious attempt to make sure that is not in place. And that's very empowering, especially when when you're working on projects that you're really passionate about. You want to be able to move on them really quickly and, and smoothly. And I feel like the company really allows you to do that. So I really like that. So do you think that's because you lucked out on that front or is that for everyone? I think I definitely lucked out uh, in terms of uh, just, you know, the independence, just in terms of the independence. But but I do think that, that the company in general does definitely encourage that. So, you know, we've got so many activities and not in and not just even in the job itself, even on activities outside of work. Um, like yesterday, I walked out of the office and I saw um, something going on in the lift lobby. And it was like these three guys practicing for the Red Bull Flugtag this weekend, where apparently you make your own aeroplanes and then try and fly them. Sounds like a death wish, but they were doing it <laughs> and they were practicing their dance for it. And this was, you know, this was like 5 p.m. It's hardly like it's not like office hours are over or anything, but these guys are just practicing. And that was that was really cool. And they're very good. I highly recommend everyone check out the Google Flugtag team. Oh, OK, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> so Vaishnavi, um, you know, aside from all of this, I mean, here you are, you're an Indian in Hong Kong. Is it similar to being in Singapore in that uh, sort of being an Indian outside of India, it doesn't matter which city you're in? Or does it feel very different? I think to a certain extent, you know, being as part of the diaspora is is a very similar experience around the world, where you are a minority population um, surrounded by a majority with a very different culture from yours. But so I think that level, that fundamental level is very similar wherever you go. I, I do think that Singapore and Hong Kong are very different in terms of the Indian diaspora, though. Um, in what, what way? So, I mean, I grew up in Singapore and I'm, you know, I'm Tamil and I, I grew up uh, very kind of taking that for granted that I would e- have very easy access to Tamil literature, to Tamil plays, to movies, culture and, um, you know, living as a diaspora in different countries. So, I mean, so in the Bay Area, for example, it was a little easier being Tamil, I think there was a lot of access to South Indian cuisine, culture, people. In Hong Kong, they're just, it, that's not the case. There's a mm. very small, incredibly small Tamar population here. Um, the one thing I definitely miss is easy access to Tamar movies. You know, just like that mindless Tamar movie that you can go watch on like a Saturday night at a moment's notice. They're not all mindless, surely. But there's, but there are some that are deliciously mindless. And you <laughs> deliciously really, mindless. And you just want that. You know, you just want to go watch like some flick about, you know, some sort of superhero and supervillain just coming together. And there's a beautiful girl somewhere and songs and dance and you just want that you know once in a while you kind of just want to go get that and that's so easy to get in Singapore and it's incredibly hard in Hong Kong is that right <laughs> oh yeah I mean I've um I, I've been I don't think I've watched a single Tamil movie here in the year and a half I've lived here so, so what do you do to get your Tamil fix oh 
<laughs> I go back have to, to Singapore. Go, you have to go back to Singapore. <laughs> I do, I do. So when I go back to Singapore, you know, I make it a point to take my, you know, my parents have to take me to a certain restaurant where I have to have my dosa. Um, we have to have, we have to go watch at least one movie together. We have to bring popcorn to throw at the screen when someone says something completely ridiculous. Um, there, there are some, there are some traditions that I have to do when I go back to Singapore just to make up for the fact that I don't do them in Hong Kong. Is it that, uh, South Indians in general um, don't want to move to Hong Kong, the Tamil folk specifically. What's the, uh, why aren't there so many of the community here? I don't actually know the answer to that. I think Singapore has a history of bringing in a lot of South Indian immigrants, you know, back from the colonial days. And so that that kind of that population stayed for a long time. And then over time, you know, expatriates coming in really appreciated the fact that there was this vibrant South Indian community in Singapore. So that attracted even more South Indians to move. So like my parents are part of the batch that migrated in the you know early 80s to Singapore. Um, in, in Hong Kong, I think it's different. So similarly, the, the, the group, the people that came here originally, I think, were the traders and the merchants. And those are the com- that's the community that stayed here over time, and then that attracts similar that attracts members of their own community to come and settle as well. Um, but that said, I mean, being an Indian in Hong Kong is is pretty awesome. It's it's a lot better than a lot of other cities. Um, I have a friend who's an uh, Indian in Beijing, and that is rough. Is that right? Really Tell me rough. why. It's just you know she just doesn't have access to a lot of the things that we have in Hong Kong. You know, we, uh, I, I complain to my friend all the time that there's maybe like three Hindi movies a month that show here. And my friend in Beijing is just like, you are so privileged. <laughs> that is not even an option here. So, so it's, it's, I think it's a totally uh, you know, dependent on where you, you're coming from.